great. But here's what he did. Rhyme it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Oh, please just rhyme it. And he really gets into it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Yes, of course. We will you don't even have to think about it. So let's rhyme it today. Rhyme it. Yes. We are going to rhyme it. Just What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Rams Brothers. I'm your host, Dean, and I'm joined, as always, by my brother and the other great host of this show, Nick. And Nick, the schedule's out. The season is starting to begin. The draft is wrapped up. But first and most importantly, how are you, my good brother? Oh, great. You know, you get a couple of those really funny draft videos. The Chargers released another, like, short anime. I don't know if you saw the Jaguars, but they did, like, this whole, like, office-style mockumentary about how it's, like, all it, it, like it's all scripted. That was really funny. Saw so Chargers, Jags, and Titans. Titans was my personal favorite because they were asking a bunch of people for the on the to street. identify the logos on the schedule, and you got a bunch of random answers. The Falcons ended up changing their Twitter name to whatever the Red Falcon, Red Sparrow, or whatever the hell the person said the the name of the team was. So yeah, I think there's some fun that's built into the schedule release. I also think it's a big pain in the ass the fact that they do a three hour show specified to releasing the schedule when it could be very easily dropped. But as they say, it's the Super Bowl for the media team. So. All credit to the Rams' media team for producing a, a pretty interesting video based off of TikToks. I would say there's some TikTok terminology mixed in there. There's some, uh, um, I don't know, some clips of some TikTok famous people. I, I'm maybe a little bit TikTok ignorant. You'd probably know better than I would, but um, really I interesting. I was waiting for the call. You know, I was waiting for the call. <laughs> you definitely could have been a part of that uh, that brainstorming session. I'm sure you could have pulled some interesting TikToks and uh, could have made it a little more interesting, but still. It is what it is. It's a schedule release. I think uh, the way that we've kind of just envisioned this episode going is, you know, we're going to kind of go team by team, looking through the the previous history of the team, the past year, the draft, everything that they've done from an offseason perspective, and just kind of evaluate based on what we're seeing with the Rams. Obviously, we've been just kind of following them very, very closely in terms of what they're doing with their roster through the draft and how they're going to approach the season, the methodologies they're going to implement. And I think it's it's interesting because their win loss total right now, Nick, is seven and a half. So if oh, you look at the six, you so saw it at six it and a half. Up. I just yeah. recently saw it at seven and a half. So maybe it bumped up or bumped down or bumped down. Um, so I, I don't know. I think as as we look at it, there's a lot of good information that's going to be that we could utilize, I think, to uh, to to kind of craft how we envision this season going. But I think the first five or six games, Nick, is, is really difficult. Like if you look at the schedule overall, two primetime games, there's a Monday night football game against the Bengals in week, week three. And then um, right before Christmas, Thursday night football against the Saints, I believe that's December 21st. So no Christmas Rams this year, no New Year's Eve Rams. Um, it's going to be a little bit different in terms of primetime. I think they're uh, along the lines of Tampa, Cleveland, Tennessee, and Carolina in terms of the same amount of primetime games. So that's where the the schedule makers are seeing the Rams in that category. So what are your thoughts just based on uh, on what we're seeing so far? I thought there was New Year's Eve Rams. There's not New Year's Eve Giants Rams? No? I don't think so. No. I don't think that the Giants Rams are, is New Year's Eve. I want to say Giants is a home game. That's week 17. I don't think that's New Year's Eve. Okay. Um, regardless, I think two primetime games is – unfortunately correct um i don't think we're going to be making like a huge splash this year i mean it, it, it is a little sad though to see us because i feel like for the last three or four years we've had like almost it seemed like every third game was like a primetime game and it was like a big deal it was like sunday night monday night thursday night you know like something big totally. going on yeah i mean well let's get to this year and not even get a sunday night game uh, just yeah Monday, you know yeah, Monday night and Thursday night football. There's no Sunday night games, only yep. two total. Nick, you were right about the Giants game. That is that is um, New Year's Eve, so it's the 31st. It's not New Year's Day. Um, so you have a good you know, little New Year's Eve game against the Giants. But digging into the schedule, Nick, week one against the Seattle Seahawks. Um, God. It's gonna be, it's, yeah, it's, it's in Seattle. 
Um, so I'm, I'm pretty interested to see how we come out considering how the season ended last year. I think what's so interesting about Seattle is they finished nine and eight. They squeaked it into the playoffs in favor of the Lions with a win over the Rams in overtime. That game ended 19 to 16. The Seahawks kicked the field goal. I think the Rams had the first possession in overtime in the final week of the season, which was a total heartbreaker for us. Um, they ended up getting dismantled by the 49ers in, uh, I think it was the first round of the playoffs. It was 41 to, to 23, or maybe it was the second round. Um, but hopefully the Rams, I think, ha- will have a similar type season, right? It was a season for Seattle where everybody essentially counted them out. Geno Smith is 32 years old. You have some aging receivers. The defense isn't what it was. You lost Bobby Wagner. Look, they ended up eventually getting him back. But, I mean, everybody thought Seattle was going to be the worst team in the league. They ended up being 9-8. and eight and got a win over the Rams in the final week of the season to get to the playoffs. But a heartbreaker in terms of keeping the Lions out of the playoffs, which yeah. is what if we would have won that game, Jared Goff was putting on a show in the fourth quarter of that Packers game. Um, and that would have been the difference in getting the Lions into the playoffs versus Seattle. And then now, I mean, look at all the Lions love. They're the first game of the season, Chiefs-Lions. I mean, that is that is a lot. That's some real, like, you know, you're in the show now kids you know like like this is it like you can't go out there and blunder and you know lose like 41 nothing week one no it's exactly right I mean and there, that's going to be another high scoring affair if you go back to Jared Goff and Patrick Mahomes the ketchup and mustard game in 2018 54 to 51 I is think that, they're expecting is that what it goes down as is that what people remember it's about? either the ketchup and mustard game or the greatest regular season game of all time whatever you want to call it I prefer greatest. Record. I mean, if you if you just absolutely hate defense, then it's the greatest regular season game of all time, fifty four mm-hmm. to fifty one. Although there were a lot of defensive scores in that game, I remember Samson. Samson Bokum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were a couple. Uh, Marcus Peters, I think, got a pick. Um, a couple of big defensive Bokum yellow jersey. Yeah, man. There were a couple of big, uh, big defensive plays, big defensive stops in that game, which is the reason why that that point total went over a hundred. Um, so I'm, I'm really intrigued to see what, what the Lions do this year, but specific to Seattle, signing Geno Smith to a $25 million per year extension, $75 million over three years, which is 15th among quarterbacks. Pretty decent contract after throwing for uh, 4,300 yards, 30 touchdowns, and 11 picks at age 32. He nearly broke the completion percentage record held by Drew Brees. I think it was like 79 80%. They signed uh, Draymond Jones to a three-year deal. They got Bobby Wagner back, as, as we mentioned. Linebacker Devin Bush to a one-year deal. They re-signed Drew Locke, Jaron Reed on a two-year deal. Like It's been a pretty solid offseason for Seattle. They're off, their offensive line took a, a pretty decent hit in terms of losing Gabe Jackson and Austin Blythe, former Ram, actually retired. They lost Rashad Penny to Philly and then Cody Barton to the commanders. But I think the way that they've approached the draft over the past couple of years, obviously Tariq Woolen is the standout from the previous class. This year they go Devin Witherspoon, Jackson Smith and the Jigba in the first round. Um, and then they went with one of our favorite picks right after Steve Avila in the second round and Derek Hall from Auburn. And I really like the uh, the Cam Young pick from Mississippi State, Jarek Reed, the second from New Mexico. Those two picks late, I think, were really good. They also drafted two running backs in Zach Charbonnet and Kenny McIntosh from Georgia. Like, we know that they had a really great draft last year. We're hopeful that the same case doesn't apply again this year. But um, it's so interesting how they just, if you just look at the running backs, you go Kenneth Walker, Zach Charbonnet, and and Kenny McIntosh. Like, Pete Carroll, like, thinks he's back in uh, – in the USC days with Lendell White and Reggie Bush, I'm assuming. So the thing with Seattle and Geno Smith is they were kind of like the surprise hit of the summer. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, Jonas Brothers released a song and all of a sudden you're hearing it all summer. You're like, Jonas Brothers? Like, what? <laughs> like, I thought they were popular in like 2005. And then all of a sudden, the only thing you hear this summer is Jonas Brothers. That is Geno Smith. Like, where he came from, how he had this immaculate season – um, I, none of it really makes sense. And now I'm seeing like all these ratings where it's like best quarterback in the division. And they throw up Geno Smith as if Matthew Stafford just never won a Super Bowl with the Rams. It doesn't make any sense. Um, last year was the first year that, that Seattle swept us. I know. I don't know. I feel like it's a good time to sell Seattle stock. I know. I, I agree. I think they had a really good draft, but I just don't think they're going to get lightning in a bottle two years in a row. Um, and Rams 5.5 underdogs week one with Matt Stafford at the, as the quarterback. I mean, we talked about how they lost in overtime 19-16 yeah. with Baker Mayfield at the helm um, with getting the ball first. So it's like, I don't know. To me, it feels like this is a game they can go out and they can they can win and like surprise people and be like, hold on, here come the Rams. And then yep. 
Yeah. You move into week two and you play San Francisco at home and then and then you're everything changes again. So yeah, Seattle has uh the win loss total of eight and a half. They won nine games last year. I think that that's a pretty safe win loss total to place for them again this year, considering they made some upgrades in the draft. But Nick is going under. Nick's going under. I think I'm going under as well. Um Hey, yeah, you a little lightning in a bottleneck, and you consider the fact that they lost the game to the Rams. They fall under that total from last year at eight wins. They would have been eight and nine. So that's how they really it. should have been. That was such a heartbreaker. And Bobby and Ramsey wanted that one so much. And then they just kind of, you know, the defense flubbed it at the very end. Yeah. Week two at SoFi, 49ers come to this to come back to SoFi. Um, always an intriguing game. Week two. Hopefully we're started off, started off one and zero. But uh, just in terms of what they did last year, obviously finished the second seed of the NFC with 13 wins. And the entire team complained after they got their ass kicked by Philadelphia in the NFC Championship. Brock Purdy left the game with an elbow injury, still nursing that injury. I believe he got Tommy John surgery. Uh, John Johnson, I believe his name was, who basically played for every NFL team ever in the history of the league, was in the game by the second quarter or so, and the season ended abruptly for them. Um, and it led to many, many media outlets just kind of posting and players jumping on podcasts and just complaints about the situation, about the the fact that you need to be able to carry more quarterbacks. It's just a, it was it was obnoxious, and it's another reason to hate San Francisco. And what, what I saw mainly was the complaint about the um, about the catch in like the first quarter. Yeah, the Devonta Smith catch. I think it was yeah. the second drive of the game, first drive of the game. Yeah, and it's like, bro, you lost like forty five to seven or something <laughs> like that. Like take away seven points, and you still you know you're still getting smoked in Philadelphia, like. It was amazing. It was a it was a great NFC Championship game to watch. Just serendipitous. To see them get there and too. to see them get there twice, two years in a row. One of them we stopped them, and then and then the following year they get stopped by the Eagles. Like it's perfect. Yeah, you can't write it up any better than that. And then this year, Nick got a three headed monster: Sam Darnold, Trey Lance, and uh, who's the other one? Brock Purdy. Brock. And then you got uh, they signed Javon Hargrave from Philly. Then this is where my smile goes away. Javon Hargrave from Philly, you pair him with Eric Armstead and Nick Bosa, uh, one of the most ridiculously talented fronts in football with those three players up there. So, I mean, it's it's a continuous process with the 49ers. It's it's like a wheel stay in motion in terms of players that they bring in for the fronts on both sides, whether it's offensive line, defensive line. You lost McGlinchey, you lost a couple of other players on the offensive line. Um, they replaced them in the draft, replacement free agency. So that's what they do. And I think they did a really nice job of adding some depth in players like Joe John Feliciano, uh, Austin Bryan as an edge rusher, Kalel and Farrell as an edge rusher. So they just like to bolster everything up front, which makes them more intimidating week to week when you have to play them in a, you know, in a situation where you have to win at the line of scrimmage, it's, it becomes nearly impossible against this team, the way that they scheme up the run game, the way that they simplify the game plan for the quarterback. They're a very tough team to stop. Vegas has them at a win total of 11 and a half. They're the second favorite to win the Super Bowl, I believe behind the chiefs or their third now behind the Eagles and the chiefs. Um, but they didn't have a draft pick, Nick. Their draft results they didn't have a draft pick till ninety nine overall. Their they draft gave up all pick first. Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, twenty three. They gave up McCaffrey and their second and twenty three for Trey Lance and McCaffrey. Like they gave up all their first. I think it was for Trey Lance, and then they also gave their second in twenty twenty three for McCaffrey. They traded away like a first, the second, third, fourth, and fifth for McCaffrey in twenty three. Just a ridiculous deal to acquire those two players. And you have to kind of guarantee yourself you're going to win the Super Bowl if you make those two moves. They haven't yet. They're still on the journey. They drafted a safety, Jair uh, Brown. They drafted Jake Moody from uh, Michigan, kicker really early. Cameron Latu, tight end from Alabama with their first three picks. Uh, they ended up drafting two tight ends and then a late round running back in Ronnie Bell, who I'm sure will inevitably kill the Rams. Um, so that's the situation with the 49ers. It's like a team that hasn't fully climbed the mountaintop yet, as we like to say, team that hasn't gotten over the hump. Um, they're, they're very much on track to be able to get back there again, if their quarterback situation allows it. My favorite thing about it all last year was Ben Roethlisberger goes on podcast and he's like, you know, I got a call from San Francisco. I could, you know, lead this uh, Niners team into the Super Bowl. And, and I was like, you know what? I can't. I'll, I'm forever a stealer. <laughs> and it's like, the fact that they called Ben, he said no, and then felt the need to just like use it as fuel for his podcast. Like they are, I mean, they're kind of, they're the best team in football minus the quarterback position. And you bring in Sam Darnold. I mean, 
everything that all the language that they're speaking right now with Shanahan, he's saying Trey Lance is the guy. Lance is the guy. Lance is the guy. Um, I'm talking about trading him too. I, mean, I don't. Well, no. Apparently, they were they were answering calls. They weren't making calls. So that's a yeah. you know that's the difference. It's different. It is different. Yeah. Um, but it is just absolute. Like I just don't know how you get this far, and you have three guys, and you bring in Sam Darnold, who we all know who Sam Darnold is. Like to me, the best. The, I think you just go with Brock Purdy. I think you start Brock if, if he's healthy. You start Brock Purdy week one, and you live and die on that hill because I have a weird. Weird suspicion. Yeah, I, I know you're right. I, Brock Purdy is clearly the option, but I feel like the elbow, if he that goes into OTAs, it goes into minicamp, goes into the preseason, he's not fully healthy. Sam Darnold starts the season. Obviously, Trey Lance is still recovering from the broken ankle, or I think he had to get screws. It was a pretty legitimate surgery. He's been out for a while. So the rehabilitation process with those two players, I think, favors Sam Darnold to be the inevitable starter. And if you ever want to just check out Sam Darnold off the field, you ever, you ever watch Bob Does Sports, Nick? No. Darnold was on with a couple of other quarterbacks. He's on Josh Allen and Kyle Allen. They played a threesome with a couple of other golfers. Not, not, it doesn't seem like he's a great athlete. It seems like he's a little bit all over the place. Obviously, golf, extremely difficult sport, but he's not as likable as somebody like Josh Allen. And I think it's going to be a really difficult situation to be in in a three-man quarterback carousel in San Francisco. And we're hoping that that's going to be the, the straw that they – they draw and ends up kicking them out of the playoffs. Just imagine you're, you're George Kittle, right? Yeah. And, and you have this quarterback in Jimmy G who isn't the best, but you trust him, right? They ship him off to um, L, uh, not LA, uh, Vegas. So he's a Raider now. Um, and you're like, okay, that was kind of our guy. And then it's like, oh, this Brock Purdy kid, he's pretty good. And it's like, nope, he gets injured. And then, you know. They they're up Schitt's Creek without a paddle in, in the NFC Championship with like McCaffrey taking quarterback snaps. Yeah, um, and now they bring in Sam Darnold, and if he's not a personable like, hey, look, I'm really just here to help out, and he's starting week one, and he's like, he walks in with an ego, like I think the locker room will turn on him uh, um, immediately. Um, yeah, and I feel yeah. like you know that's really important for the San Francisco team because a lot of the stuff with Jimmy G was just grooving and vibing because he is this yeah. like cool mannered, like, you know, well-tempered dude. They need somebody that's going to be consistent there for the next four or five years. They, I mean, it's, it's been too ridiculous. They've been too, um, they haven't been able to make up their mind. I would have called they, Philip Rivers, honestly. I, last year. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's just been so bad. I, mean, I, thought they were trending, Ritter, at least. I thought they were trending towards Carson Wentz. Yeah. Rivers, Roethlisberger, like all these, this is, it's ridiculous. Like figure out who your guy is. They should have went after Matthew Stafford, didn't execute. And this is where you find yourself. Should have went purgatory. after Brady. Yeah. Or could have went after Brady. Or Rogers, right? Like, what are we doing here? Rogers <laughs> like, I'm definitely not going there. So that was, <laughs> they just, despite ridiculous. everybody besides the owner in the building, not working there when he wasn't drafted, like, Rodgers is still like, nah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Week three, we get the Bengals at SoFi. So one of our primetime games, Nick, the Bengals Waiting all day till Monday night. That's going to be a really funny, obviously a Super Bowl matchup, a uh, Super Bowl uh, rematch rather. Um, and it's, you know, being a Bengals fan, how tough is it to get past the Chiefs? Like I'd be pretty furious if I were a Bengals fan. I know that theoretically to get to the Super Bowl each year, I'd have to get through Mahomes. Like that's, the, that's the situation that you're in, or you have to get through Josh Allen. And like then you I get through like Mahomes, that, and then it's like, uh oh, Aaron Donald. Yeah, right. Yeah, Joe Burr and um, and Patrick Mahomes. I feel like is is the greatest quarterback rivalry since Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. But then you throw in Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers in that conference, and like I'm not able to take my eyes off of the screen. So the entire AFC is is going to be extremely fascinating. So like the Bengals, I think they they did a good job of finding themselves. Um, some cash to spend after some other teams poached some of their free agents, Von Bell, uh, P Ryan, but that combined with uh, the limited number of teams in the market and the right budget left tackle Orlando Brown ended up just falling into their lap. So you got some legitimate protection for Joe Burr. There's a reason why they're expected to win 11 and a half games this season. Um, that was a huge, huge signing for them, but they also signed Nick Scott, Cindy Jones, Irv Smith. Like they certainly got better, maybe not in the trenches outside of Orlando Brown jr., but I still think they um, 
they, they've been pretty tough consistently, and I don't think there's any reason to expect them to drop off. I think they're going to be just as good, if not better, as they were last year. You go Miles Murphy with their first pick. I just don't love Clemson edge rushers. I feel like he's a little bit more promising than some of his predecessors. But then DJ Turner and Jordan Battle, we absolutely loved both of those players. They solidified the back end of the defense. You can't, long story short, don't let Eli Apple get worked again in another Super Bowl. And we also loved uh, Charlie Jones from Purdue. So the Bengals made out really well in free agency and via the draft. And I expect them to be, I, I would put them in the Super Bowl this year. Like how consistently is Mahomes going to be able to get through that AFC championship gauntlet? Allen, Rodgers, uh, throwing Justin Herbert, you know, throwing Lamar Jackson. It's, it's going to be really difficult to get out of that. So uh, throw in Trevor Lawrence. Thank you. Throw in Trevor Lawrence. Absolutely. Um, yeah, Bengals are gonna con- when you have Joe Burrow as your quarterback. Um, I think he proved that you know, no matter who you throw around him, if you give him some offensive weapons, he's gonna he's gonna light it up. Um, also, uh, Lamar Jackson this year too. I, that that that's a team that I can't wait to preview. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think the Bengals have just as good of a shot as the Chiefs or the Bills, cool. which I think are the top three caliber AFC teams. So. I really wanted last year. I really wanted Bengals Eagles because I thought it'd be really cool to see the Bengals get back. I would like to see the Bengals win a Super Bowl. They've, I think, they've knocked on the door enough. Yeah, and you know what? It, I, not to ruffle any feathers here, Rams fans. I don't think we're going to win a Super Bowl this year. Um, so fine. it would be nice to see a team that's kind of you know not a dynasty, not a Chiefs yeah. or yeah. a Patriots kind of Jacksonville, you know, the Bengals, yeah. the Jets, Ravens, you know, even Ravens would yeah I've seen the Ravens win before, but totally right. I think our thinking is is very much aligned there. Then we get to the Colts. Well, this, Indianapolis. I think this 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 has a chance of being our first win. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, start one and oh and three, and then go oh and three to the Colts, who finished four and twelve last year. Nick, third place in the AFC South. They weren't somehow weren't the worst team in the AFC South, right in front of the Houston Texans. <laughs> they started three five and one, fired Frank Reich, and then won the first game of Jeff Saturday to improve to four five and one, and then lost seven straight. <laughs> oh my God! And lost the legitimate entertainment. Lost the greatest gambling game ever, where they were up. I think like 35 points to the Vikings. Yeah. And then the and then like I'm like, oh, game's over. I like leave. I'm like out in in town with my girlfriend. And we like we walk in a sandwich shop for lunch and I see the Vikings kick a game-winning field goal. And I'm like, what's going on? How did this happen? <laughs> Jeff Saturday, thank you. Jeff Saturday. I mean, they've had a fun little offseason for the Colts. Like they we were you kind of like compared to it? Yeah. If we were running a team, we had access to a dynasty in Madden. They signed Matt Gay to the largest free agent uh, kicker contract of all time. Samson Ebukam was signed. Gardner Minshew was signed. They brought in wow. former Eagles offense coordinator Shane Steichen to be the head coach. And then they moved on from Frank Reich. They traded away Stefan Gilmore to the Cowboys. I feel like they're going in the right direction. And then with the draft. Anthony Richardson, Julius Brents, Josh Downs, Brake Freeland, A.A., Darius Rush. I mean, that haul alone, I think you and I would have been screaming happy with. But then yeah. you also take shots at somebody like Will Malroy, uh, Evan Hall, Jake Witt, some later round picks. And uh, it should be fun to see how they they are. And it's if you're if you're a football fan, you're going to be watching Anthony Richardson under center. Like no matter what happens, that's going to be what you're watching. If it's I, whether it's on red zone or you get the Sunday ticket and you want to just pop it on for a minute, it's must watch TV. They're at six and a half. We could see a situation where um, we get the first game with him and the pr- the prior games are Minshew, uh, yep. depending on how the year, you know, how they see the year going. So that could be really fun. Um, when was the last time the Rams faced – like a quarterback on his first NFL start. Cause I, cause I think I have one in my mind, but share. Is it Tua? Possibly. No, I don't know. No, I, I, I thought that was Tua's first game. Well, back in 2020 when they got their Rams got their ass kicked. Yeah. Goff through like three interceptions, four turnovers in the first half, three huge fumbles. Yeah. And everybody was like, Wolford should be playing right now. You might be right. You might be yeah, right. It's yeah. happened before. I would imagine it's happened. And then, funnily enough, I think that Goff's first game was against the the Dolphins. Yeah. Oh, interesting. 
I didn't know that. that. Is that back in 2016? Was it his first game? It was like week nine of 2016? Yeah, it was like late. It was yeah. like hella late. Yeah, because they were already 0-7 or 0-8 by the time he stepped in. Yeah. Something like that. Um, okay, week five. Then we got the Birds. Eagles come to SoFi Stadium, Nick, right around your birthday. I think that would be a game we try to get the whole family out to California for. I think we should. I think yeah, we absolutely think we should. should. Yeah, I think um, – the Eagles, the law obviously lost in the Super Bowl to Andy Reid and Mahomes after having a 10-point lead at halftime. One of the <laughs> in the history of the Patriots were the first one. They lost one back to the Raiders when Jaws was the quarterback in the 80s. But this one was also extremely difficult for the fans. They lost Javon Hargrave, CJ GJ on the defensive side of the ball, able to retain Bradbury Slay and Fletcher Cox. Obviously, Jason Kelsey yeah. resigned. They got him on a better deal. Some other veteran players stuck on both sides of the ball. They lost Isaac Sayamalu, but they have an in-house replacement with Cam Jurgens. And uh, we know how the draft went. Do we even yeah, have to talk about it? it? Georgia Bulldogs. I mean, come on. Keely weird. Ringo, Jalen yeah. Carter, Nolan Smith. Can't they believe break, they got Ringo. Break our hearts. Yeah, I know. I can't. I can't believe that they got Ringo. It's the all Georgia defense, right? I mean. Uh, I just can't remember the last time, and this is really impressive, and I give all the credit to Howie Roseman. I can't remember the last time a team played in the Super Bowl, and then the following year they had two first-round picks. Yeah. When did that happen? I know. I mean, I credit to Howie, Howie. Like, you know, everybody wants to give him a, 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 a big head, but he essentially crafted a roster uh, in 2017 where they plugged in Nick Foles, who – we all know who Nick Foles is, and he lit it up, lit up the the night sky against a dynasty <laughs> Patriots team um, on top of just so many other um, great players that year. So, And then he, they almost did it again last year, but, you know, slippery turf and defense and Patrick Mahomes, you know, kind of got in the way. But. Yeah, yeah. More to be said and, about that slippery turf than I think a lot of people talked about. And the Eagles, I give them some credit too because that following week after the Super Bowl, they weren't out complaining. No, I think they might. They may have gotten better. Truly, they may be a better team like week one than they were in the Super Bowl, which is absolutely scary. But they now no longer have the easiest schedule in the league. They now have the hardest schedule in the league. Um, their schedule is absolutely brutal post by. But I mean, we probably look like ram chops, lamb chops to them. <laughs> Uh, to be yeah. honest, but I mean, they, like they really bolstered everything. City Jones pick was great. Um, the Mo Moro Ajomo pick from Texas, Tyler Steen from Wisconsin. You got some depth there. Like as a fan of them, I'd be super happy with the squad. Oh, and oh, by the way, they traded for DeAndre Swift also. Yeah. So, I mean, just amazing. An, amazing. An incredible. Yeah. But they're, they're, like you said, hardest schedule in the league, win loss totals 10 and a half. So, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I like them to go over. Um, I think we're going to be at this game no matter what. Honestly, yep. just because of the fact that it's like right around my birth, it's like a great time to come to, to come to LA. It's going to start getting cold for you, and it's going to be like nice and like you know hot in October. Yeah, um, I yeah, it's going to be fun. I, I I don't think we have a real shot in winning this game. Dep I mean, obviously, any, anything can happen. You know. Yeah, but I mean, it's you know, you know are currently the pet free of the NFC. Yeah, a couple of key players can be banged up, could be down. You know, it's you're you're playing right. in your house. You know, they're traveling all the way across the country. There's some there's some factors in there that could play into your favor. And then week six, Nick, we have the Cardinals at SoFi. So we went Eagles and then Cardinals and then the Steelers at SoFi. So three straight weeks of home games. Two so straight Cardinals, birds. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they finished the Cardinals dead last last year, four and thirteen. Just. Dead last. And then what happened to Cliff Kingsbury? Well, he was dismissed. And then immediately he took off to Thailand where he caught it up next to a few models and had himself a week full of gin and tonics. <laughs> he comes back to be the quarterback coach at USC, work under Lincoln Riley with uh, Caleb Williams. I would say that's a, that's a pretty nice way to reintroduce yourself into football after vanishing to Thailand for three freaking weeks. Um, I guess. I mean, it, I always look at it like, and I know that this isn't true because they're probably paid comparable, but when you go down back to the college, when you were in the professional NFL uh, national football league, I feel like that's always just like, it's always a slight, you know, it's always like, Ooh, yeah. Mm, you went back, you went backwards. You were a head yep. coach. And now you're a quarterback coach for 
Right, not even a head coach. He's a quarterback coach. I'm sure, I mean, Caleb Williams is going to pop off this year once again. Well, I guess maybe he thinks if Lincoln Riley gets an NFL head coaching job, he could be next in favor for USC as a head coach, which which does kind of make sense, has the experience. So I kind of see where he's going with that. But um, Riley's not going anywhere. Yeah, they hired then they hired Jonathan Gannon, a.k.a. Murr from Impractical Jokers from Philadelphia, who was introduced to the team in the most awkward way possible. Do you see him just going shoom, 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 shots, explosives to to the point where Buda Baker the trade? He was he was that awkward. Buda Baker was like, get me the hell out of here. Oh, man. I heard I heard he was talking. the, The only thing I saw with him is that he was talking about the the harsh Philly media yeah. and how fans wanted him fired after like week two, which to be fair, I follow a lot of Eagles fans. Everything I saw was, was like, he was the scapegoat. What it seemed like last year. Yeah. I mean, and then, you know, you go out there and you perform like the worst uh, defensive performance in the Super Bowl in like 10 years. Right. So, right. I mean, kind of rightfully so like that offense was, was buzzing on, on yeah. all accounts, you, you, you had an octopus play with with, with Jalen Hurts, so <laughs> you know, just a weird, very weird uh, accusation for this bizarre Arizona Cardinals team. Yeah. Where if you just look at Arizona sports as a whole, last night the Suns just lost like the the, the Nuggets dropped a thirty burger on them. Yeah, I saw that. Um, with Kevin Durant. So it's just like Arizona is just kind of cursed. I, I would love to see them just continue to be the bottom of the barrel in the NFC. Yeah. They're, they're going to have a bad, uh, a bad start to the season. Cause Kyler st- is still in hyper recovery mode. He's waiting to be respawned onto a better team, but he's going to miss the start of the season. Then JJ Watt retired, at least for their sake, Deandre Hopkins is still going to be in place. Seems he's going to be staying put. And then their backup quarterback Colt McCoy does have experience managing games as well in his career. And uh, Kyler, once he's nursed back to health, he'll jump back in. Um, and, you know, hopefully there won't be too severe of a drop off for them, or hopefully in our case, there is in terms of draft results, they definitely made the GM job more appealing over the next few years with uh, within minutes of the first round starting, I would say they traded the third pick to Houston Texans, along with their fourth round selection, which was number 105 overall in exchange for the number 12 pick number 33 pick in round two, and then selections in the first and third rounds of the 2024 draft. So that's a damn haul to move up nine spots for the Texans. I love that. I thought that yeah. was awesome for so many reasons. Awesome, awesome on both ends. Yeah. And then they ended mm-hmm. up with uh, Paris Johnson with pick six, who's arguably the best offensive lineman in the class. They got B.J. Ojolari, who's a highly coveted edge rusher from LSU. Michael Wilson from Stanford. John Gaines from UCLA. And then their future Colt McCoy replacement in Clayton Toon, quarterback from Houston that we really liked. Vegas expects them to win four and a half games. Ooh. I think that's perfect. <sighs> I, I feel like they're going to finish with like five, honestly. So I yeah, would, I would shockingly five, go three, four, you know, five, somewhere in that range. I would shockingly go over on that. Um, I thought what they did was at least for like what the GM did and what the Texans GM did. Texans got two players that are going to be in their core for like six years. And yeah. I, I absolutely yeah. loved it. I think they were contenders to, to be winners of the draft. Them were the birds. Uh, I also really, really like what the Steelers did. But yeah. we have the Steelers um, next. I think they have a very similar attitude to us, where it's like, okay, Seattle and San Francisco are clearly primed to make a move right now. Um, we have a lot of like a lot of pieces. Kyler is definitely our quarterback. Like, let's kind of see how it works this year. Be competitive, and like you know, get some some of these young guys some like legitimate reps. And then next year, when we can draft a lot more, bring in even more young guys and have a point where we can, like, 2024, make a real push to be a legitimate yeah. team again. So, yeah, I, mean, I mean, you know, I, I like that job. Yeah, I, I think like that's, a, that's a really good move for them. I think so, too. Yeah, they could be considered winners of the draft. They'll be winners of the draft next year for sure. So then yeah. the Steelers, Nick. Nine and eight last year. Mike Tomlin still hasn't gone under 500 in his career, which just truly just solidifies the fact that he's a unanimous Hall of Famer. One of the best coaches in our generation. It would be, Nick, the stat, would be his 17th straight season of not going below 500. No, they're they're going to, yeah, they're going to go over. <laughs> over 8.5. I, I would trust Mike Tomlin to do anything. That's what I'm saying. That's this is my lock of the year is the 8.5 going over that. Can he, can he fucking pick it? Excuse me. 
Kenny, Kenny Bickett came a, a long, a long way towards the end of the season. Um, and he came on a little bit, I think, like in terms of his overall potential. You could see some of it. Obviously, plays with two gloves, doesn't have a big arm, but they have some you really hate the two gloves. Players. There's nothing wrong with two gloves on a quarterback. Oh, well, Kurt Warner did it. I mean, he's the one who uh, kind Jared of originated Goff does it. it. Yeah, nothing. No, no, I agree. Nothing wrong with it. If he gives you a better grip, all good. Um, yeah, I mean, you got George Pickens and, and Pat Fryermuth and, um, you know, another good receiver on the outside. And I think that that, that team's going to be tough. You know, the running game's always tough. They're always tough on both sides of the line of scrimmage. Luckily that this game's in SoFi, so we don't have to go back to Pittsburgh, which reminds me of that 2018 season where they just demolished us. It was like week 12 or week 13. Um, they lost Cameron Sutton. They lost um, Spillane. They lost Devin Bush and others to free agency. But they brought in Patrick Peterson, Isaac Sayamalu from Philly. They got Cole Holcomb. They got Landon Roberts. They got Nate Herbig to help beef up the roster. In terms of the draft results, we're talking Joey Porter, Keanu Benton. Like they all kind of fit the description. Broderick Jones, offense tackle in round one. So, I, I mean, they are just kind of like the perfect example of how to stay competitive in a really tough division consistently. I mean, 17 years, two Super Bowls, and eventually building the roster back up to be able to get back to another one. I, I, I think being a Steelers fan, alongside of being with an Eagles fan, a Chiefs fan, um, a Bengals a fan, fan, you know, you're in a good spot for the a Rams fan. And a Rams, of course, always. Yeah. I mean, still, I mean, we... We didn't win two. Steelers went to three and one two, and we went to right. two and one one. But still got Matthew Stafford, Aaron Donald, Cooper Cobb. Did you hear that Donald was like, "Yeah, I was never going to retire. Never, yeah. never." That's I don't what think I he's said. ever. My two fears were: a) he's going to retire, and b) he would eventually go back to Pittsburgh. So it seems like both of those are fallacies. Yeah, I think the Rams are going to do every single thing that they can to keep him a Ram for life, and eventually totally get the Donald statue, which I think would be the takeaway from everything from like end of the career, all those guys. I know cup was the MVP. If you're making one statue outside of SoFi, I think it's Donald with the, yep. uh, yeah. Like, point to the ring. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think that's, that is the true blue statue. So. I will be at the unveiling 1000%. Yeah. I, I hope they don't overdo it. And it's like cup Stafford, McVeigh. I don't care. Hey, if any of them get statues, I'll be at the unveiling. I mean, they're it's they're attached to us. These players. It should be. I think it should be Donald personally. Yeah. I do too. I, I I do too. But Cooper Cup, Super Bowl MVP, go back and forth. Um, speaking of the Cowboys, the MVP Cup. should have been Donald. Yeah, yeah, I Whatever. agree. Um, I'm going back to the last game of the Cowboys this season last year, where a divisional round seems like they've ended every year of the past 27 years. The Cowboys are the 76ers of yeah. the NFL. They, they can't really are. pass the first round. They, they entire all are. of their talent. I mean, they haven't been to the championship game, I don't think, in our generation. They get to the divisional round and they get knocked out. That's what they do. They use C.D. Lamb in that game like he was Cooper Cup in the divisional round against San Francisco, which I would assume that San Francisco just allowed them to do in order to prevent other pieces of the offense from contributing. And simultaneously, I think they realized that Dak isn't one of the best seven quarterbacks in the league. And then didn't Tony Pollard get knocked out in that game too with a leg injury? Like, I feel like the Cowboys were a very, very good team last year. They won 12 games. Their point differential was plus 125, which was third in the NFC, only behind the Eagles and the 49ers. So talented, talented roster. Coach is a dipshit. But for the most part, I feel like... Offensive coordinator is is really smart, though. Yes, indeed. And they brought in a new offensive coordinator, I believe, to replace Kellen Moore. So... Going to be interesting to see how far they get this year. I would assume it's going to be to the divisional round, if not the wild card round, in terms of the draft. Nick, the big conference room that they were in, it was laid out like Dr. Evil's secret volcano Leia. Was it not? Yeah, it was. <laughs> it really that. was. And it's, I, you know, you get Mozzie Smith, Shoon I know, I know everybody hates the Cowboys, but I've always kind of secretly liked the Cowboys. They, it, it's like annoying how they're like pedigree of the NFL, but they are absolutely treated that way. And wherever you go, it doesn't matter where you live, you will find Cowboys fans in your neighborhood. That's true. Um, so I, I definitely respect them. Um, and I do think that if they get to the playoffs and they somehow avoid San Francisco, who has been their – kryptonite yeah i think they they legitimately can go far but san francisco is just so dominant up front 
that Dak gets so, you know, like Flintstone yeah. toes and just yeah. like does like bad scrambles and whatnot. It's so. really the entire NFC West that is Dallas's kryptonite. Because whether it's the Rams in 18, it's the Niners in 19 and 21 and 22, like it's whoever it is from the NFC West. It's we were good. such a better team in 2018. I don't, I don't, but yeah, I hear what you're saying. So also, better. I'm, I'm going to go over 9.5 wins on Dallas. I think More. that is, I think good that's. Bet that that's easy. I think they, I think they hit like 11. Good bet. And then we got the Packers in green Bay, the Rams actually, apparently Sam farmer of the LA times said that the Rams requested for this game to be played earlier on in the season to avoid the cold because Sean McVay cannot think when he has cold ears. Oh it's my true. God. <laughs> Remember we worried about Jared Goff playing in the cold. Oh, oh Sean. Your ears are so cold. Speaking of Jared Goff, that's how the uh, the Packers season ended last year. It was Jared Goff unconscious in the fourth quarter of that game. Hopefully, Lions um, swept the Packers last year, and yeah. I honestly think they they will probably do it again. Yeah, I mean, this is another win. This is a I I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna lock in a win right now for us against the Packers. I'm also gonna lock in the under in terms of win total because I think seven and a half is just too high. I mean, yeah. Rodgers was dramatically in the final game of that season, right? He took off his jersey, was hugging Randall Cobb. He told him he would see him in New York. Like, quite honestly, I just think that they're in going to be in a really tough generation for this next guy in Jordan Love. And it's a pretty fortunate situation that they've been in over the past 30 years with quarterback town and Favre and, and Aaron Rodgers. But, like, Jaron Reed, okay. Alan Lazard, Tunyon the Onion, Dean, Lowe, Dean Lowry, they're all, all gone in free agency. So – I mean, you lose several veterans uh, in terms of the defensive line. Like the defense's ability to stop the run, to get pressure on the opposing quarterback has always been an issue. They brought in Joe Barry. Um, you know, who knows how much that's going to help. And I think one of the larger draft halls they had, 13 players, which kind of signals that they've had as much roster turnover as the Rams. Um, kind of starting off with players like Lucas Van Ness from Iowa. They went Luke Musgrave, Tyler Kraft, Jaden Reed to support their not-so-new quarterback. They went Karen, Carrington Valentine late in, in, uh, in the sixth or seventh round. Then they went Grant Dubow, who Steve Smith loves. So interesting what the Packers have done. I'm just not intrigued by the quarterback. I'm not intrigued by the coach. And I think they have some aging skill players that could be moved elsewhere and probably contribute better on a different team. Packers fans want to tell you that 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 they won the trade and um, Jordan Love is even if he's you know has a down year they they still have great sights moving forward as if they didn't just have two of like history perfect quarterbacks right, um, right. I think they're going to fall I think they're going to fall hard um, and I think we're going to be there in green Bay and it's, we're going to deliver them another win. I think Packers fans are going to be like, what the hell is this? Like, why, why isn't our quarterback, you know, saving our ass? Because that's what Rogers did a lot. He yeah, saved them in situations where they needed to be saved. Like fourth quarter, like, you know, 30 seconds left. Do you really think Jordan loves going to have what it takes to drive all the way down the field? No, I don't think so. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you get a, Nick, you get a win here. Right, yeah. and then you say you get this win. You get coming to the bye week. Week ten's a bye. Week eleven, Seahawks come to SoFi Stadium. Maybe Could you get win. them back, sweep them. If you win the first game of the season, you win this one again, and then you go to the Cardinals in week twelve. That's so, a win. you know, it's it's a decent four week skid. I mean, if you can get wins against the Packers and the Cardinals, even if you lose to the Seahawks, you're two and one over that four week stretch with a week of rest. Could be helpful to, to prepare you for the rest of the season. Week 13, you got the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland so. Browns, who are doing something that I absolutely love, which has nothing to do with the actual physical team or anything, but they released like a fan. It was like, submit your secondary logo, and we're going to pick one of these, and it's going to be the actual secondary logo. And it's all like based around the dog. So there's like, uh, like two to three that are just awesome. Like really, really cool, and I yep. think that's just really rad that like a professional team is not like, oh well, we know what the fans want, and we're gonna put something out there that even if they don't want it right now, they'll they'll learn later that this is this is the correct logo. Yeah, right yeah, there. I think the uh, yeah, it's a uh, a democracy in the United States is uh, how the country functions, and uh, it's it's nice because right, like you could offer the vote up to the fans. You could have submitted three or four logos for Rams fans and just had them kind of pick and vote. 
Same I way guarantee they, they would not have picked this, but that's okay. Yeah, probably probably not. So probably would have picked something that looks a little more like a ram or has something to do with a ram besides like sunshine waves. But it's okay. Yeah, but I love the idea that of letting the fans vote for it because they're the ones that are going to be buying the merchandise. So you want the unanimous agreement there right. as well. But I'll let you take the Browns because they were uh, what seven and ten last seven year. Seven and ten last year, last place in the AFC North with seven and ten. Just goes to show how great of a division that is historically. <laughs> yeah. uh, between them putting a lackluster product on the field uh, consistently through our lifetime and the Deshaun Watson scandal, uh, I barely watched them. I remember tuning in more when Deshaun was in. Yeah, it was like week seven, week eight. Yeah. I want to separate separate the art or like not separate the art from the artist or whatever I'm trying to say. Deshaun Watson, terrible human being, before the Brown season was historically an amazing quarterback. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not – I wasn't on the jury or anything like that. Like, he's clearly – ready to play and he's playing so i'm gonna watch it um i hate all the stuff that he did of course but yeah he was a you know i really liked watching him when he was on the texans especially but then because they, he, they he also... had such a crappy team and now he, he's in cleveland which is another like historically bad team so it should be like i'm i'm excited to watch him play a full season honestly yeah. particularly in this division which is going to be such a dog, best division in football, easily, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely going to be tough. But, I mean, you lost guys like Kareem Hunt, Davion Clowney, Greedy Williams, Jacoby Brissett, John Johnson III, and they added some talent on the defensive side of the ball to replace some of those names we just mentioned. Juwan Thornhill, they, they added Oboe, uh, Dalvin Tomlinson, Mike Ford. They also added Jim Schwartz, who won a Super Bowl in Philly in 2017 as their defensive coordinator. Marquise Goodwin and Elijah Moore added as weapons for Deshaun Watson. So, certainly a busy offseason. And, like, Having a win-loss total of nine and a half, I think it kind of signals the fact that the, the league believes Deshaun Watson healthy with weapons is good enough to win 10 games in this in this league. So yeah, which is which is what I believe as well. I think the only thing you have to really look at is every team in the in the AFC North is gonna have a win total that's like very high because yeah, yeah, you know, they're all you know primed and prepped for it and they're ready. So I would I don't know, like I wouldn't take every single NFC North team to go over. Like I love the Steelers because of Mike Tomlin, but here I'm leaning under 9.5 and I think they hit it with like nine exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You could be right. Yeah. They struggled last year. I mean, seven and 10 is not a great record, but um, you add players like Cedric Tillman in the draft. Yeah, another weapon. Like seven and 10 with Jacoby Brissett being your right. quarterback for most right. of it. And then, I mean, the one game I watched last year all the way through, was Jacoby Brissett versus Tom Brady. And yeah. the Browns were able to squeak in a, an overtime victory, which was just like so amazing. I do remember like, that. He's yeah. like third loss in a row. And it's like, listen, Tom Brady doesn't lose three games in a row. you got to be an idiot to bet on the Browns. And of course, and of course I bet on the Browns and yeah. they won. Yeah, and they replaced uh, Jacoby Brissett with DTR in the draft, added Isaiah McGuire, who we liked from Missouri, Dewan Jones, Luke Weipler, Saki Ika, they were all on our big board, so I, I think they did a good job. So I understand why it's at nine and a half, but could go under, could go over. I think that's a perfect line. And then you have right after that the Baltimore Ravens, who I know you my really favorite AFC team. Uh, I think this would uh, this would be another good game to go to. We went to a game on the twenty twenty one season late in the year. Uh, Ravens in Baltimore is a is a really fun game to go to. It's a fun stadium to be at. The fans are very nice. Um, they lost to the Bengals in the wild card round last year. Lamar was hurt. Twelve on. You're just going to not bring up Poe? Oh, Poe. Yeah, of course. You and Edgar Allen, Poe. Yeah. Best well, no. Hayden, Edgar and Allen are separate mascots. Poe is is the main mascot. Of course. Mm-hmm. Of course he is. Well, how, how could I forget that? Yeah, we love Poe. We and love Poe. Po. We also love Odell, who I would yeah. be going to see. Mm-hmm. Right? You see a healthy Lamar Jackson. You get to see Odell. They got rid of Greg Roman, so you're not going to see that dreaded pistol offense it only works for Lamar Jackson, Kyler Kaepernick, and Tyler Huntley. Like, I expect them to be much more explosive offensively. They added Nelson Aguilar on a one-year deal. They also re-signed running back Justice Hill. Baltimore lost a few uh, a few uh, free agents, including guard Ben Powers, tight end Josh Oliver, and then defensive end Calais Campbell, who was most noticeable. But the draft was highlighted by 
Zay Flowers, like Trenton Simpson, Tavius Robinson, Kai Blue Kelly to bolster up the defense. And then they took two tackles for depth, one of which was Andrew Voorhees from USC. Like some really good stuff in terms of how this team kind of continues to stay within that range of the Steelers and the Browns. Like who's going to kind of compete and emerge to be the best team in that that division, you know, between the Bengals, the Steelers, and the Ravens and the Browns. I mean, it's, it's a great division to your point. So excited to see where we go with that. And then we go Commanders. I lean over 9.5. Yeah, me too. Ravens over 9.5. I take, yeah. Steelers and Ravens, I think, are going to be the ones to take over. And just because the Bengals is so high, I'm, I might go a little under. Yeah, I, I get it. And then the Commanders, Nick, at home. So the Washington Commanders, they come to SoFi. I believe it's the first time they've ever played in SoFi. They were 8-8-1, eight, eight and one, last place in the NFC East. Tough sledding, but found themselves with a fourth-place schedule for this year. The Eagles, Giants, and Cowboys all made the playoffs from the division last year, and the Commandos did not. The highlight of their season was ending the Eagles' undefeated streak in like week eight or week nine. Tyler Tyler Heineke flexing and buying green shoes, I remember. Can't stand him. Cannot, cannot stand him. He's gone. One of their biggest offseason moves <laughs> was the addition of former Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy. That was the big move for them. They lost Tyler Heineke. They were replaced with, by a guy that I really like in Sam Howell. I think he's going to be good. They also signed Jacoby Brissett as a backup, who may be the eventual starter there if Sam Howell can't play. They also signed Andrew Wiley from Kansas City to continue focusing on their offense line in the draft, and they declined to pick up Chase Young's fifth-year option, which is a situation the whole rest of the league is going to continue to monitor and keep an eye on. But in terms of their draft results, their draft grades, they got Emmanuel Forbes, which was essentially cornerback two or three in the draft. Um, they also got Jartavius Martin, as well as beefing up their offensive line and Ricky Stromberg and Brayden Daniels. They drafted a running back to complement Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson and Chris Rodriguez Jr. from Kentucky. Six and a half wins, I would say that's a perfect number for them. Seven, maybe I'd go. I would go over. You would? Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, tough division, but, you know, they historically, like, split it with pretty much every single one of that's those. That's true. Teams. The Eagles don't play them well. Cowboys don't play them well. Yeah, so that's probably three right there. And then they're scrappy. I feel like they can, you know, they can honestly. And now with with a new owner, you know, like I'm sure the True. whole morality and the whole building is going to be like, you know, up. You you kind of get out this like gremlin who has historically been like horrible as an NFL owner uh, in Dan Snyder. So should be interesting. I I think they're like a you know an interesting team to watch this too. year. I, you know I, think, I think I think we beat them. Though yeah. at home, I think that that should be a win for us at home. That should be one that that we circle as like as a win, yeah. and then roll into New Orleans at home Thursday night, short week. Um, I think that's also another win. They were seven and ten, um, same as the Panthers and the Falcons. One game worse than Brady's despicable eight and nine bucks, which was just <laughs> so annoying to see them squeak in there. Uh, disappointing finish to the year. Believe they went with a combination of Dalton and Taysom Hill to finish the end of the year with Jameis sitting on the bench. Chris Olave turned into one of those uh, better receivers in the league and still have Cam Jordan on the roster, who is very much their defensive leader. Um, and then they went and they signed Derek Carr. They won the Derek Carr sweepstakes and signed Dennis Allen um, to be their head coach, which makes sense as Dennis Allen was in Oakland when they drafted Carr. Um, so, yeah, I mean – they gave two three-year deals to two defensive linemen in Nathan Shepard and uh, Kalen Saunders to replace David uh, on Yamada, who signed with Atlanta, and Shai Tuttle, who signed with the Panthers. Uh, they signed touchdown machine Jamal Williams from the Lions, who I, I can't believe the, the Lions let him go. I know. Uh, I know. They lost Jamal and DeAndre Swift. It's tough. Resigned Jameis, which is just so such a shame to see him not have a starting job. But you know, we'll see what happens with Derek Carr. Uh, tight end uh, Juwan Johnson, wide receiver Michael Thomas. Uh, they re-signed JT Gray to a three-year deal. They reworked, restructured the Honey Badger, Cam Jordan, uh, Alvin Kamara, Marshawn Lattimore. I think they're going to be really tough. I think this is a sneaky could win the division uh, team. I, I- Entirely agree. I actually think that the this is my sleeper team. Yeah, honestly, 
This is a, I think yeah. this is going to be like one of the more fun teams to watch this year. Of course, because Derek Carr is in a much better situation. But then, you know, most notably, they draft Jake Hayner as a Fresno State connection. Could make sense with Derek Carr there. Isaiah Foskey from Notre Dame, we all really liked. Kendra Miller from TCU. Um, Nick Saldaveri, the guard from Old Dominion. I think nine and a half is a really good number for them. And I think because they've restructured, reworked a couple of big time names and have cut ties with some of the players that don't necessarily need to be on the roster, they're going to be much better next year. And I'm excited to see what Derek Carr does in Orleans. I think, I think nine and a half is really high, but it should also kind of tell you everything you need to know. If Vegas is projecting them to win nine and a half, clearly, um, they're going to be poised to be like a good team. Better than because, last year, for sure. Yeah. Nine, nine is a lot. Nine could get you in the playoffs, and they could easily – I mean, I think they win the division, truly. I do too. So, yeah. I, you know, I think you get a playoff spot from that alone, regardless of, of wild card or not. Um, but, yeah, Derek Carr, I think, is just – was just totally, like, blackballed by the worst head coach in the NFL – Oh, in Josh McDaniels. So I think he's going to have a much better time in New Orleans. I think I think so too. Yeah, Yeah. it's and I'm I'm excited for him, his family, everybody that's that's surrounding him. It's like he's a much better situation. Quarterback that you know, his brother, older brother didn't have a great career. Younger brother's probably more talented athlete. As young kids, like just want to see him flourish in the right system, and I think he will in New Orleans. It's a good situation for him. And then we got the Giants, Nick, at home. They finished nine seven and one third place in the NFC East. They made the playoffs. They beat the Vikings in dramatic fashion in the first round, which I think we all expected because the Vikings were such a fraudulent thirteen win team. And then their playoff hopes were painfully ended in Philadelphia by the Eagles in the divisional round. What changed though? Daniel Jones got himself some new weapons, and Saquon is back for another year, it seems. But Darren Waller. And Paris Campbell are two big injury risks, but two clear, clear upgrades. And then ditto for rookie Jalen Hyatt. Um, on the other side, Bobby Okukri and then first-round cornerback Deontay Banks should help the middle and the back end of their defense, which is where they needed the most possible supports, where they struggled the most last year. Then they short up the middle of the defense by extending Dexter Lawrence and then signing linebacker Jared Davis and safety Bobby McCain. So on paper, they got better. Vegas thinks on paper they're about the same. Their draft results, Jalen Hyatt, John Michael Schmitz, Deontay Banks, Eric Gray, which is a solid haul for them. And I think just they're definitely an up-and-coming franchise, have a great, great coach in Brian Dable. But yeah. Vegas thinks they're going to win eight and a half games. Coach of the year, Brian Dable, going to make it work with Daniel Jones and his now somewhat hefty contract. And you somehow also bring back Saquon Barkley. I think there's a real belief in the locker room that this is a team that can go out there and win the division. Um, really tough schedule, just like the Eagles. But – I think you're going to see some falter from the birds. Um, I don't think the the Giants are going to go out there and win the division, but I think they're probably going to be a playoff team again. So I would lean over. I swear to God, every single one, it sounds like I'm going over. John, no, but like Giants, Cowboys, Eagles could all win somewhere around 9, nine. 10, 11 games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, I mean, yeah, it's the Giants. It's a team that kind of historically has been – abysmal and yet great at the same time so you kind of never know it's what you're going to get so it should be fun it's true and then we close it out with the 49ers in san francisco week 18 love to play spoiler and like kick them out of the playoffs somehow with like the final game or an opportunity to potentially make the playoffs in the final week of the season against san francisco in their own building would be really nice maybe a game where they don't care too much kind of go back to like 2017 2018 where they kicked our ass. We had all of our starters rested and Sean McVay said, I'm never doing that again against Kyle in my life. So yeah, should be interesting to see how the season goes. So Nick final win loss. You want a a little uh, record prediction here out of you? All right. Week one, Seattle. We know just, just record. (laughs) Week two, San Francisco (laughs) win. Um, Hold on. Let me just look at it real fast. I'm going to go with like nine, ten wins, I think, is kind of our sweet spot. Oh, that's way too high, my man. You think? Yeah. No, I think we're a nine, ten win team this year. I think we're nine wins, eight wins is, is perfect. I think we're going to sit at seven. Okay. Yeah. Because there's only like, at least last couple years, there were there were games where you could write off like, I mean, not last year, but the years prior where it's like, mm-hmm. okay, that's that's definitely a win. That's definitely a win. I don't. I, there's like two definite wins this year. Well, I mean, so let's we'll go real, real quick, real quick. What we think are wins: Week Four Colts, 
Week six Cardinals. Week nine Packers. Yeah. Week twelve Cardinals. Week fifteen Commanders. Week seventeen Giants. What's that? Six. Yeah. Six wins. Yeah. So. So that's and I think like, you know, you, one of the Cardinals games that doesn't count any of the Seahawks games. I was going to say I think they probably do yeah. win a a Seattle game. Right. So and then you know who knows maybe they they don't get swept by San Francisco this year. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe not. Maybe who who I guess uh remains to be seen. And then Nick want to yeah, do a quick word to our sponsor for five If you can off. find them. The season total at six and a half, I would bet it. But if you see it at seven and a half, I would just stay away. Yeah, yeah. And then how about a word from our sponsor to close this out for today? Bet online, live betting, free contests, giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag, not .com, .ag. Uh, to, to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit, make sure you use our promo code BLEAV. Receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate Thank you. Thank you, guys. We Don't love forget, you. like and subscribe. Smash the like button, blah, 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 all that. Please subscribe. Get us to 1,000 subscribers. That's our mission here. We're very, very close. Help us get over the top. We love you guys. Thanks for listening. And go Rams, as always. Peace. Peace.